Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing very well. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, I'm like, wow, this is our 99th podcast today. I just can't believe that. We will be celebrating our 100th next week. Unbelievable. That's wild. That's wild. How time flies. It certainly does. And it just goes to show that once you put your mind to something, you can do anything, you know? Oh my gosh, (laughs) yes. And and don't the ideas continue to flow? I'm just always amazed. Always amazed. Absolutely. So much to always talk about. And what a great segue to talking about visioning and vision boards. You know, let's let's hear it for visioning and vision boards, right? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, the technique, uh, you know, it takes me back into my own um, history when I used to use these techniques to support and inspire employees that I was managing. It's such a simple yet powerful, powerful technique to see ourselves as the person that we aspire to be. Well, Anna, haven't you nailed it again? You know, that's exactly what's needed as we transition into the change process. You know, it's it's having a visual prompt of what's possible. You know, we're, we're breaking through old barriers and old beliefs. You know, all these things have contributed to, to us being stuck in old, outdated thinking and feelings and behavior. You know, and, and we have to start sometime, and why not today? So we're trying on new behavior and taking into consideration what the new behavior would look like and feel like. And this always involves the thinking and feelings that fuel the self-talk. You know, that self-talk is what keeps any behavior, whether it's good or bad, alive and energized. So the visioning allows our fresh start to carry us a long way. That's right. That's right. You know, I remember several decades ago when I first became really intrigued with the whole process of change. And I, I found some very valuable ideas in the field of organizational development. And I was looking for really kind of concrete nuts, bolts, uh, those descriptions in a design uh, that would talk about how you put together change, how you implement change, not just a lot of psychobabble. So I came across a very simple equation and it was designed by an organization, as I recall, called Dan Miller and Tyson. And their formula for launching change required that our desire for change, along with our vision of change, needed to come together with our readiness to take that first actual step in the change process. And the imperative in this equation is that these three dimensions, the desire, the vision, and the the actual first step, must have greater energy than our resistance to change. You know, the energy, that energy that keeps us stuck is the resistance. So it was a simple kind of a simple that came across in this book that I was reading. D, desire, plus V, vision, plus first step had to be greater than resistance. So first, we have to anchor in that strong desire for our life to be different, you know, which includes we really have to look at the importance of the promise of the change. You know, let's be clear on this. The true importance of what change will bring us has to be in our sights, 
so that it fires up our desire and that ignites our willingness to really go to any lengths to attain it. And along with our desire, we need to be able to visualize ourselves willingly, courageously implementing these new choices in the change process and basking in that promise of our desire, that desired outcome. It's like we're going to get what we really want. It's pretty amazing how that works, Dr. Jane. You know, we observe ourselves through an image that we create, like the vision board or imagine ourselves doing something that we believe in. And it seems so natural when we actually carry it out. For example, how these conversations got started for us. Oh my gosh, yes. Perfect example, Anna. Perfect example. You know, and you're really on to something because there is a significant amount of neuroscience research that indicates that mental rehearsals actually improve performance. Athletes know this, dancers know this, and also folks recovering from strokes. They all use visualizing techniques to both you know, hone skills, improve skills, but also relearn old skills. You know, those skills lost through damaging neurological effects of strokes. And the visualizing and mental rehearsal apparently engages the mirror neurons in the brain. And in doing so, aspects being mentally rehearsed are kind of downloaded, kind of wired in to the neural pathways. So our, our bodies then and move, our physiology comes online and it works to improve the performance or whatever we've been, been rehearsing, you know, as though we've been rehearsing it in real time, real physical rehearsal. Well, the mind-body relationship never ceases to amaze me. You know, we're anchored in our desire and are able to vision it. Now we need to act in order to launch. Well, yes. Yes, and the first step that we mentioned of the formula in that D plus V plus F has to be greater than the resistance, you know, is the action step. This is where we, we bring the idea into reality. This new choice clarifies how we move into action. You know, this makes the plan a reality. This is the, the real implementation of an idea. So it needs to be chosen wisely, you know, and, and also in a sequence that's going to be Believable and achievable and measurable. And by measurable, I mean, you know, um, did I did I do what I said I was going to do or or not? So without these considerations, our choice may not be able to withstand the pull of the resistance, that old behavior, you know, or the old thinking. You know, we'll talk more about this as we go along. Well, our resistance has a real pull toward the old behavior that we're we've been practicing for eons. Well, yes, you know, the old conditioning is etched in our neural pathways. And it's important to remember that, that the brain doesn't give up anything. You know, new programming just rewires over old programming. Always there. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so if we get hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that old program can resurface with a vengeance, you know, feeling like you're ambushed. Oh, my goodness. Like, you know, I'm back. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's true. You know, however, with the foundation of the present moment awareness that techniques that we've been talking about since the beginning, we can begin to recognize the approaching ambush before it takes a strong hold on us. You know, and we're able to fend off a real hard downward spiral into the old conditioned behavior. 
you know, this not only supports our launch, but but also supports the long haul of our change process, the maintenance and perpetuation of that that new wonderful promise. Yet, yet you know, it has to be conditioned. We have to continue to do it over and over again, thinking differently, feeling differently, and behaving differently. It's a different mindset to consider the launch and the long haul. Yes, it is. You know, it's what Carol Dweck in her book Mindset called a growth mindset. You know, this is kind of versus a, a fixed or closed mindset. So as we take a closer look, you know, often we think that our initial ch- action is change. And while I, you know, I don't want to diminish our startup, you know, longitudinal change really requires action within multiple dimensions of our lives, you know, physical, mental, emotional, relational, spiritual, occupational, recreational, all those different dimensions over an extended period of time, hopefully with a positive attitude that's intimately linked to our intention. I really believe I can do this. So action is only a part of the change process. It's the implementation of the idea or set of ideas or plan. It has to include all the many dimensions of the body-mind, and it has to be grounded in an intention to do something different for ourselves for all the right reasons, and to do this for ourselves and the greater good. Well, here we go again, needing to be connected to the best version of ourselves, the hero within us. Well, yes. Yes, and throughout the change process, you know, it's of great importance that we remain harmonized with that best and highest part of ourselves. And if we're open to it, harmonized with the power greater than ourselves, you know, and that we're also looking to do this for ourselves and the greater good. You know, it carries a more powerful energy because it's not coming from the small part of ourselves. It tends to stir us into right action, which is really doing the right thing for the right reasons. You know, and many times we, we have an idea but for whatever the reasons, you know, we don't devise a plan or carry it out. So it remains an idea or a thought process. The carry out part requires an intention, you know, that, that's filled with purpose and meaning that creates a plan of conscious choices. And this directs us to move on it, to enact it. You know, it's implementing the idea or the plan with the intention born out of our higher selves that really brings choice into reality. So actions are the conscious choices. That's right. In, yeah, infused with those higher intentions that mm-hmm. we carry out in real time. And we're considering this in every part of our lives for an extended amount of time, maybe forever. And yeah. this growth mindset is fueled by the energy of intentions guided by the best version of us and kind of solidifies that change. I can see this uh, plays into the positive attitude needed for the long haul. Great summary, Anna. You know, the good news is that we, <laughs> here's the good news, Anna. You know, okay. Is that we I'm glad there's have, some good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't want to get bogged down. We only have to do this one day at a time, just for today, just for today. And this keeps us in present time, which is the only time we can act on our conscious choices anyway. So a just-for-today attitude keeps our investment in the change manageable, you know, and, and we can prevent that sense of overwhelm, you know, and, and 
because we've all said this to ourselves when we start a change process. Oh my gosh, you mean I have to do this for the rest of my life? <laughs> you know? So let's just stick for stick with that that just for today attitude. This one day at a time thinking, you know, also supports our connection to the hero's call within us because while it may be different and sometimes difficult, it's doable just for today, you know. And we'll talk later about how a daily commitment to act just for today helps maintain consistency and a, and a positive a positive attitude, you know, because, I mean, really, it, it enables us to perceive the change process and what we have to do as being very doable. Well, I'm appreciating the simplicity of the process. Now, that's not to say that it's going to be easy. It's, it's a tough commitment, but it helps if we can keep it simple and straightforward because that's a big part of the battle to the launch and long haul of change. I agree, Anna. You know, and I can't emphasize enough the importance of creating our intentions from the hero part of ourselves, you know, the best version of ourselves. Well, let's run through the formula for a successful change. We start with our desire for change, plus our vision of that change, how it looks and how we feel in it, plus our first step, which includes our intention and our initial choices for action. And these must have greater energy than our resistance, correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we used the example of better sleep hygiene last last time. Let's use a different example this round. Okay. You know, let's say our desire is um, to feel better. You know, what would support us in feeling better? Well, now that's a broad topic of change. <laughs> well, well, that's right. You know, and, and change is about taking actions, mm-hmm. which include multiple dimensions, right? Right. So our process of change will necessarily include feeling better physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it, you know, and and that's not too much to ask, is it? You know, in other words, getting healthy, getting healthy, mind, body, and soul, mind, body, and spirit, however you want to formulate that. You know, we want to be well beings. We often think in terms of pieces, parts of being healthy, like I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to start exercising. You know, and and we're not going to discount these. You know, these may may actually be crucial to feeling better. However, the small ego part of ourselves always wants to look at it in small ways, in the pieces parts, like I want to look good or I want to look sassy in a pair of jeans. You know, but our higher self, that hero within, wants the big picture, the whole picture, you know, our well-being, our vitality, our confidence, our self-esteem, our positivity graciousness, gratitude, all of these are the byproducts of living from our well-being. Wow. The word actually tells it all, well-being. You know, we we want to be a well-being. Which part of us? All of us? It's crazy how that feels different when we place it in text within that best version of ourselves. Well, yes. And Anna, that's what we want. You know, and, and I can hear you're beginning to, to 
to really feel the enthusiasm, you know, and, and that's the energy that ignites the willingness. I can do this. I can do this. I can, I can really do this. We're beginning our process with a broad brushstroke. The big picture, as we move in closer, you know, we're going to be able to see the details that make up that big picture. Yes, it's like the big picture of what we want is made up of pixels, those tiny dots on the display screen that make the whole image on a computer screen. It's very much like that. You've got it, honey. You've got it. This is this is an opportune time to begin our visioning. You know, it's it's letting ourselves experience what it might be like to feel better, to be in our well-beingness. You know, imagine ourselves feeling new vitality and confidence. You know, let ourselves feel what it feels like to um, commit ourselves to facing the challenges of the day with a positive energy and also with gratitude. So we need to envision ourselves in multiple situations, work, home, family time, noticing environment, noticing any interferences, demands, or triggers. You know, imagine feeling confident. And, and then if we get tripped up, we recover with grace. You know, we each have control over our script when we're visioning, you know, so we can lead with positive thoughts and self-assurance. Well, so we're giving ourselves a full body, mind, spirit experience, like we were living it right now. That's right. Living it right now. Notice the different, you know, notice what's different. Uh, uh, about how we imagine our thoughts and feelings, how we walk when we're feeling confident, our posture, how we think about our bodies when we're feeling better, how we think about our, our new choices. Remember, this is trying on our desire. It's a dress rehearsal in our change process. It also works to kind of ferret out those pixels you talk about, you know, the details necessary to make it happen in real time. We don't have to put it all together today or do it all today. We want to begin by knowing the things that need to be addressed so we can begin to formalize a plan for making new choices. And at this point, we're visualizing choices, not actually acting on those new choices. That's right. That's right. We're giving ourselves a taste of what it might be like to fuel our intentions and provide information from the pixels, the pieces, parts that we're going to need to address. You know, the action, the implementation of these new choices is really where the rubber meets the road. I mean, it's moving from an idea to bringing the idea or ideas to form in real life. And at this point of our process, we're calculating via our visioning what's involved and feeding our intentions with the statement that it's all possible with the belief that it's all possible. We can see that it's possible in our visioning. So the pixels in the change process are those little details that add up and help us reach our desire to feel better. And we start small, right? So we might begin by jotting them down, things like packing lunch so we're not skipping a meal or and, and grazing all evening. That's right, Anna. And I think you're right about jotting them down, you know, or, or we could think in terms of, you know, picking a parking spot a, a bit further away from the entrance to work or school or the store to increase our activity level. Or if we're able, 
take the stairs rather than the elevator. Maybe not to the 10th floor, but a floor or two, small increments to start. That's right. That's right. And knowing what might be involved in a successful plan fuels that intention, which is that mental emotional state that keeps us experienced that I can do this. It's important to do this. I know I can do this. Just for today, I'm going to do this, just like I said I would. Remember our desire and our vision and our first step, you know, our choice of action has to have more energy than our resistance. The resistance is that part of us, that small, fearful part that says, I don't have time. It'll never work. I'm too tired. I don't believe it. It's too much. I'm, I'm too far gone. So we keep our new choices of action simple, doable, consistent. And that consistency really is an imperative. And the hero part of us, that best version of us, can respond and not allow the resistance to take hold of us. I'm making time for this. It's important to me. That would be one example. Uh, you know, sure. The other examples would be I'm figuring out what works best and continue to revise my plan as needed. Or I'm a person of worth and value and deserve to be the best version of myself. Or just simply, I can do this. Beautiful, Anna. Beautiful. These are, are really, they're exactly the kind of affirmations needed to counteract resistance. Positive, they're energizing, and they're said as though we're already experienced their truth in the moment. And I would suggest that, that we might write down anywhere from two to four affirmations and say them daily throughout the day, you know? And I would also suggest that when we say them, tap the end of our collarbone. You know, this is the meridian endpoint. It's about vitality, which is what we need as we begin the change process. It keeps us energized, tapping that, that end of our, just below the end of that collarbone. This is so good. So let's, let's review. We ask ourselves what the desire of the best version of ourselves, what's the desire of the best version of ourselves? Then we begin to imagine, envision ourselves living out that desire. And we're taking note of the many possible choices of action that would be involved in making it happen. And we're giving ourselves needed support with affirmations that fuel our intentions and stifle our resistance as we tap our collarbone for increased energy to empower us. Oh, Anna, good. Yes. There it is, you know, and it's such a solid start. We're tracking what action is needed and trying a few simple new choices. It's good, Anna. We can do this. Oh, I know we can. Wow. What an amazing conversation. Oh, I, I, I want to remind everyone about our suggestion to write down two to four affirmations and say them daily throughout the day as we tap the end of our collarbone. It's so important, and you know, I'm I'm going to be tapping and affirming my way through until next our next conversation, Doctor Jane. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> Anna! I will as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Until our next conversation.